Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Everyone right now that is working with us, they are doing everything. This week on KSL Plus. Tough times? Yeah. Every day. If you've been out at all recently, you've probably seen restaurants closed for lunch. No. Yes, so the only two that I've dared. Longer wait times. Fewer tables open. We've talked about this quite a bit on KSL Plus. The labor shortage coming out of COVID. It's just been so busy and they can't keep up. But now the question is, where did all these workers go? That's everybody's question. I'm Matt Rascone, and this is KSL Plus. The demand instantly went back to pre-COVID levels. Labor doesn't move that quickly. It's very frictional. It's very sticky in terms of takes a while for people to make decisions to come back to the labor force, to change skill sets and so on. And so you ended up with what is a very large labor gap, um, one of the largest I've ever seen. Now, that's not to say there isn't bodies that could fill these jobs, and I do believe given time they will. But the the rapidness in which the economy opened up just created this large labor gap. That is Mark Knoll, the chief economist at the Department of Workforce Services. The workers were chased away during COVID. My colleague Deanie Wimmer spoke to him and several others for her story this week called Where Are the Workers? And Deanie is with us now. Thanks for being here. Of course, Matt. Thanks. Well, I want to start with the problem that sort of prompted all this. I've covered stories on this. You know, other others of our colleagues have as well. How bad is the labor shortage in the service industry right now? We can probably see it ourselves. You go to a restaurant, you see help wanted signs everywhere. There are empty tables, but you can't get it seated in the restaurant. That's because there's not enough help. Restaurants are closing uh, for lunch. They're closing certain days of the week because they just can't um, hire enough workers. You've seen it in stores. Um, you know, Now that it's on my radar, I'm seeing it everywhere I go. Business is back, of course. I mean, it's it's sort of booming back, the service industry. People are going out quite a bit now. Uh, but in many cases, workers are not. And we, we hear about, you know, there, there's suspicions about what they are doing. Well, maybe they're just living off their stimulus checks and unemployment money. But it seems like the, da- the data that you found doesn't support that. That's, that's true. It just wasn't there. The labor force um, moved on to other things. Workforce services shows that uh, the pe- the unemployment, ongoing unemployment is the same now almost as it was before the pandemic. There are approximately 16,000 people who didn't come back from COVID into the workforce in Utah. And that can account for a lot of things. Uh, workers who just decided they don't want to 
have two dual incomes in a household. It's not worth it to work. Maybe they have health issues and they can't return to work amid a pandemic. Um, and so really our unemployment is second lowest in the country. And we, they just say there, there aren't a lot of people who are home working that want to work or home living off stimulus chests that want to work. Right. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the main question then, if they're not at home living off stimulus checks, where are, where are these workers or where, where do they actually go? They are going by tens of thousands to new jobs in industries that allow for more flexibility, that allow for better control of your schedule, better life balance. Um, for instance, there were 20,000 Utahns that moved um, into the business sector, professional business, it's accounting, it's tech, those sorts of industries. You see um, 17,000 in the last year that went to things like warehouse work, transportation and trade. Thousands went to construction. Um, and you're seeing decreases in retail, in communication, in government work, and, and you're seeing new jobs in a lot of those sectors. But you can directly trace the growth in those industries by the tens of thousands in the last year of those workers who are just, they are looking for different kinds of jobs that are less physical, that are more flexible, those kinds of things. Yeah. And that's what I was going to ask. I mean, what were the reasons that, but is it that flexibility? I mean, is the pay, uh, I guess a host of reasons, I imagine. Host of reasons, but largely you see in surveys that upwards of 70% of people, they want flexibility. Now they had a taste of it during the pandemic, if your job allowed for it. And if it didn't, when you stayed home, you realized, you know, what am I working a low wage job for and missing all this time with my family? So I'm going to go over a checklist. You give me a yes or no. Oh, in your new job. Do you have to work graveyards? Nope, never. <laughs> no holidays? Never. No uh, overtime? No overtime ever. Sounds like a pretty good gig. Did I mention she doubled her pay? You know, the three things that seem to be um, the, the key for, dra for driving workers is that is pay, is flexibility, and is the, that ability to have a, a more controlled life schedule. One of the things that was interesting that you brought up in, in the story was this uh, organ, this group, Utah Tech Moms, people who have, seems to have capitalized on, on realizing that there are a lot of people that want to have different work, more flexibility. Can you talk a bit about uh, that program that they've started? Yeah, there is a huge demand for, for tech workers and for tech skills. And so this organization, Tech Moms, Utah Tech Moms. So here's HTML. Has been, they've been holding workshops in like Ogden, Lehigh, Layton. And every Saturday they, they'll get a cohort of women and they train them. And for, for in a few weeks, these women can have marketable skills. And I talked to multiple women who went through that program after, before the program, they were working in the service industry. They, many of them worked tough jobs, weekends, holidays, graveyards. They all wanted a better schedule. And most of them made more money, at least dependable money, once they got jobs and they did get jobs in that business tech industry. I can get a job that I enjoy that pays me well and will have good benefits and I don't have to choose it over my children. We're not just doing technical career transitions, we're doing life transformation. They're, they are training dozens of women and the organizers say they get calls every day from people wanting more. So what about the service industry? I mean, when I, when I covered a, a couple of these stories uh, a few weeks ago, uh, a couple of months ago, we, we were talking about, you know, they're, they're paying more to, 
for their food that they're selling. They're paying, having to pay more to their workers to try to incentivize more people to work for them. Uh, and we, of course, are seeing the impact as well. Right. Yeah, we're we're pay, we're going to pay the price. You know, the the service industry and hospitality is really the the sector that is suffering right now. The workers were chased away during COVID because you can't offer flexibility and hybrid or work from home options in a lot of cases. Um, and so there are there are companies and and advisors that are telling industries or businesses in those industries. There are things you maybe can do to keep your employees or to attract employees. One of them is to pay more. One of them is to try to consider paying for travel. You know, now that workers have had the chance to stay at home, would you be willing to pay workers uh, a per diem to travel from home or offer flexibility when you can? Thinking out of the box when you schedule. And a lot of the times you hear anecdotally too, the whole tipping, um, the whole tipping system that we have is hard for workers because they can't depend on their pay. And so, you know, in some cities, they started to reevaluate that whole system because they can't keep employees that want to know what they're going to be able to count on when it comes to a budget. Well, we know there's a problem. Um, you mentioned a, a few of the things that companies are doing. Is there anything else that uh, that you that you heard uh, from the Department of Workforce Services or others about the the solution here and how we kind of go forward? Yeah, I mean, it, for for workers, um, obviously they have more choices, and so businesses need to try to do what they can to treat workers well. This is a workers market. These are the kind of environments that will take slow moving long-term trends and turn them into something real quick. And a lot of the times there had been cases where it was, it was an employer's market, but now companies need to do what they can to help workers establish that work-life balance, whether it's providing childcare, whether it is providing educational benefits, whether it's providing better healthcare or flexibility where you can. Companies are going to have to start thinking flexibility, uh, flexibly and out of the box in terms of how they've done things up until now and um, offering more money. That money is not the end all, but it is important to a lot of people um, because Workforce Services says this isn't a flash in the pan. These are workers aren't coming back. They have found new jobs and moved on. And so you're going to have, they're going to have to find a way to bring in new workers that are willing to do those jobs. I think it's worth noting as we're doing this, uh, this segment that all three of us, uh, you, you, Dini, myself and Shelby, our producer, we're all at home right now. Um, right. <laughs> right. Which, which wouldn't have happened before the pandemic. You've, yeah, you, we've learned new ways to do things, right? And we've gotten used to, you know, I mean, before people would have thought this was inferior quality, you know, that the video quality is not acceptable, but you get used to new ways of doing things and you find more efficient ways of doing things. And so I think as industries learn to do that, uh, you find new ways to do business. That's helpful. And I think we would all agree. I, I don't want to speak for you, Matt, but I think we would agree. It, it's given us some flexibility too that is important and helpful. You don't have to rush to work to accomplish every meeting or everything you need. Um, one other thing I will say is that um, for teenagers, this is a great time because you can find 
um, work for good pay if you're willing to go help in some of those first time, you know, service industry and hospitality jobs. Well, you had, you had uh, I think, uh, three minutes or so to put this story on air. We always like to, you know, at, see if there's anything else that didn't get on air that we haven't covered already that uh, you feel like would be important to, to mention uh, for this story as we're talking about where are these workers. One thing that I found interesting, and I didn't have time to include it, was um, Susan Madsen with Utah State University has done a lot of research in women and industries, uh, women in business. And one of, she did one of the largest surveys in the country um, in terms of how COVID impacted women and the burnout, the dissatisfaction, the shift in mindset as to what women are willing to do and the reevaluating of of whether working, you know, these part-time jobs or these jobs that they don't love is worth the sacrifice at home and their family is real. And you're seeing those numbers. Um, they, you know, they saw those numbers and believe that there are going to be some real shifts in, in women in the workforce because of those kinds of things. Okay. You can find uh, Dini's story on ksltv.com. Where are the workers? Uh, Dini, thanks a lot for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. That does it for us this week here on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone, and we'll see you again next week.